Driving back from Thornybush. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and this is episode 323. So, last week I spent two days in the Sabi Sands and two days in Thornybush with Mike and Johan from Wild Eye, and then Gert Johan Kutsia and Vicky Fasaghi from the fashion world. Now, the idea was for us to visit these lodges and kind of share online what we thought about it and create content for them. It's a new direction we're kind of going in, uh, more info in the near future, but driving back, I thought, hey, why not record a podcast? I haven't done one of those car podcasts for a while, and if you've been following for a while, you would know that I used to do them driving to the office. It's a pretty cool thing sitting in the car driving and just sharing some thoughts, and that's exactly what I did. I don't think you're going to hear in the audio how badly it was raining. We, when we left Leidenberg, it was absolutely bucketing down, and with the podca- uh, a podcast, with the potholes in the road, it was a disaster driving. So I thought, yeah, let me share with you guys. So here's the audio from my drive back from Thornybush, sharing just some random thoughts. Okay, so I'm about 60-something kilometers outside of Leidenburg, where I'm going to meet up with Mike, Johan, Gert, and Vicky. We're going to do a hell of a luggage transfer, because on the way to Simbambili, Vicky and Gert burst two tires, not one, two, and their car was then taken to, what's it called, to Volvo in Nelspreit, so they didn't have a car, so we had to make a plan, they're getting a rental car to Leidenburg, and that's where we are almost now. So... Yeah, I thought, let me do a quick little podcast here, just some random thoughts and talk, because the last week has been absolutely amazing. So, the reason we went up to Simambili and to Saseka was to create content. Now, and I've said this in the past, a lot of people, and wildlife photographers, and even marketing companies and stuff, have been sharing a lot of content from lodges, but they only show me lions and leopards and wildlife. And 80% of a lodge experience is about everything else, apart from the wildlife. I mean, if I book a trip at a lodge, or a a stay at a lodge, at a big fire reserve, I fucking hope you're going to show me a lion, because it's in the brochure. You know what I mean? Wildlife you can't control, but those things we know. Wildlife will be there, and what I said on my Instagram story this week is the wildlife side of it is easy. You go and drive and you photograph and video wildlife. it's really what it is. But what about the arrival at the lodge, the people, the barman, your butler, the guy, the tracker, the room, sitting outside early morning before the sun comes up, having a cup of coffee, walking into the lodge after game drive and it's all lit up and beautiful, drink stops out in the bush, coffee stops early morning. We don't focus on that enough. And I'm talking about we as in me, Wild Eye, myself as well, uh, we only show the wildlife as like, oh fuck, why, am I, why must I post a picture of a coffee stop in the morning when I can post a picture of mating leopards? We're missing the point, guys, I really think so. And the reason Johan, Mike and myself then came out to these two lodges is we said to them, listen, let us come to you, we understand the industry, we've managed high-end lodges, we've been guiding for 10 plus years, let us help you tell your story. And that's what we've done, we've interviewed the chefs, we did room walkthroughs, we videoed that, we interviewed the managers, we, we, we had chats and stuff with all the staff members, and we gave opinions on stuff about the lodge. 
And the big thing is that we didn't only have to say good things. You can only say, if it's real, if, if, if I find the better shitty, I'm going to tell you the better shitty. But there's, there's this veil of, what would it be? This veil of secrecy, it seems, in the marketing of some lodges that they only share wildlife. And then once in a while, they might post a picture of a game drive vehicle with a guest and a guide on there with a leopard in the background. It's all fucking wildlife. The narrative of lodges should be the people. And I know this because I've worked there and it's those memories, the laughter, the kids learning how to track something. If I look at our Mara camp, I've had guests that have come back five, almost six years back, well, it would have been six years now if it wasn't for COVID, that come back to the camp, not for me, well, I hope it was for me, but it's not, uh, not for the wildlife necessarily, not necessarily for the, the tents, that's cool. They come back because of the staff. And it's the same. I mean, I, when I walked back into Seseka, I was there a couple of months ago, and the staff come up and say, hey, how's it going? Nice to see you back. That's fucking cool. Don't you think? That's fucking cool that people remember you. And I mean, even, we, I was doing an interview with the chef. Johan was interviewing the uh, patients who's the chef at Seseka, the head chef. And after a while, after we finished recording, she looks at me and says, didn't you manage Royal Madikwe way back? And I'm like, yeah. She takes a mask off. She was my chef back then. That moment for me was cooler than any of the sightings I had. And we had some pretty good sightings. So I think there's a lot to be said for us as an industry, us as guides, wildlife photographers, lodge owners, managers, marketers, to start telling bigger stories. Our narrative has to change. It can't just be about the leopards anymore because a leopard in a tree is the same as Sabi Sabi, Timbavati, Ula Saba, Mala Mala, Londa Lozi, Thorny Bush and Madikwe. It's a leopard up tree. It's when you go back to the lodge that matters. And that's one of the things I'm focusing on. And it's something that we need to do a whole lot more of now until, well, if the world actually returns to normal. Because it does two things, well, it does a lot of things actually. It means I can go to lodges, I can get my wildlife fix, I can create wildlife content, which people kind of know me for, even though I've kind of been going away from it for a while. Um, I can do that, which means people who want to travel can still ask me those kind of questions. I can kind of play with my photography, which has been on the back burner a little bit, which is fun, but I can help lodges tell their story, and it's a win-win, because if I tell their story well, people might book through me, or, you know, it, it's a, so it's a value add for each other. And right now, with the travel industry basically on its knees worldwide, I think it's a great thing to be able to do collaborations. And there's too many people who now they want, like, give us a free thing. Okay, so one of the lodges that I've spoken to in the past, they said, okay, that's cool, you know what? Why should we make you, well, why should we give you a couple of rooms to come and do your thing because you're benefiting? Because the value of the rooms we're giving you is like 300,000 Rand. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's look at this. If I look at, and I did a bit of research around this, if I look at the value that I could charge per post from a from a like influencer point of view, even though I hate that word, and I look at the the different levels the guys are at with regards to followers and and uh, verifications and whatnot, I said to them, okay, that's cool, but you know what? If we get real about this, if I do two posts a day and each of my guys does two posts a day for the four nights, you can owe me money. So now there's a monetary value attached to this thing, but it's more than that. It's, you want attention, you want your, 
you want your name, your lodge, your brand to get out there. And because we are good storytellers, that's what we did. And we started adding up in the last week since we've been at the lodges, the impressions on our stories of how many people looked at it. It's between 120, 150,000 per person, right? We looking at Instagram TV and the views are through the roof. That is what it's about. But those views and stories does not revolve just around a fucking elephant. It's the story, the soul, the narrative of a place. Now, I know a lot of you guys aren't going to market shit. I mean, you're going to just try and sell print or whatever the case might be. But I can't urge you heavily enough, and I've said this in the past, when you start traveling again, photograph more. And in a couple of episodes ago with Brendan and myself, we spoke about it, is if you're going to take a picture with your um, with your iPhone, why not do it properly? Branch out, get different content. It will benefit your wildlife photography in the long run. It definitely will. It's been a good week. Um... It's been good, great. It's been not good, great to be out in the bush. And it's the first time in a very long time that a couple of things happened. That I was out in the bush for an extended period without guests and with the ability to create. Now, not photography. I'm not creating photography. I got some nice shots, I think, but wasn't the point. Um, it was creating stories and narrative and video and editing them and getting them out there and thinking how the story I told about the chef at Saseka can link to the interview we did with the guide at Simbabidi, those kind of things. And it was refreshing as hell. After this fuck up of a COVID year, it's been amazing to be able to get back out there and do our thing, but a slightly different thing. And it's tiring. <laughs> I mean, with guests is one thing because you're giving energy, but the problem is, I know, I speak for myself, I'm, I'm very good at what I do in the field. So it's almost on autopilot and you go into energy saving mode that you can do what you do ridiculously well, but it doesn't take all that much energy. This, interviewing people, looking for angles, shooting B-roll and, 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 it was exhausting, but beautiful. It was an amazing week. I spoke to someone on the phone just a bit earlier on and it's funny how human nature works though. And I'm hoping that COVID would have fixed this for us fixed it, changed it, made us aware of it, but at the lodge, I mean, every day I went back to my, at the end of the day, back to my tent, and I walk in, and I'm like, fuck, this is cool, it's pretty cool for me to be able to do this, this morning we went on drive, and we found two mating leopards, uh, the female was really upset with life, and she charged the vehicle a couple of times, even at distance, so great images, great experience, and all that, but the funny thing is, I get back to the lodge, and I go pay the gratuities and I finish breakfast, have a cup of coffee, pack the car. And then literally 10 minutes later, I'm driving out of the lodge and my mind kind of switches off. And I drive, oh, there was a pack of wild dogs as I was driving out, which is pretty cool. And then as I drive out the gate, I put my music on. And the first one that comes on is uh, Empire State of Mind, Jay-Z, right? New York. And immediately as I drive, I'm like, I'm like oh shit, I wish I was in New York gone within fucking half an hour of leaving the lodge i'm already wishing i was somewhere else now i think that's normal i think it's human nature and i think it's something that we need to kind of don't not get rid of but hang on to a little bit but don't get lost in it don't get lost in it because then you're going to live your life in the future but that that the delayed gratification of being at a place like saseka Simbabili, where we were and enjoying every moment of it like loving every moment of it 
but just taking that enjoyment and feeling and everything with you that at least for the next week two weeks and depending how big the experience is a year or two take it with you that you still appreciate what you've done it's a strange thing I mean if I look back now I mean we're in the process now of emails forward and back I should know in the next 10 days whether my Svalbard trip is going ahead and I'm going to be miserable as fuck if that doesn't happen because I love that place but I still it is such an overwhelming experience that for me personally that the gratification and the gratitude of being there lasts way past getting on the plane and leaving and it's something I think COVID has taught us is we need to be more grateful for certain things so yeah we'll see hey but I just drove through Urgstad small little town if you will um, what else it's weekend now so I haven't done one of these random car talks for a while so if you're still listening thank you it's amazing um, nothing planned this weekend I'm uh, gonna have a shitload of, uh, of cataloging and video footage and audio to kind of sort out not even do the storyboards yet just sort it out uh, I'm gonna download play with Lightroom a little bit because I've got new images I haven't had new wildlife images for a while Sunday, I'm probably going to turn my phone off and turn into a vegetable on the couch. That is probably the plan. And then I have a couple of podcast interviews next week, which is quite nice. New content, guides meeting on Monday. But I think I'm going to go for now. I'm going to get some music in the car here and take my mind somewhere between gratitude for what I just had and excitement for what I'm going to still have, travel-wise if that makes any sense. Anyway, guys, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, I will see you all, or I will talk to you all in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Oh.